0: Hey friends, what's up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf 4, Daph 4. Friends, uh, if I was a betting person, which I'm not, but if I was a betting person, I would say today's Daph is probably going to be an hour plus, but by the time um, you get to this daf, um you'll already just be able to see that. Um, but it, it this seems to be like a pretty, um, yeah, yeah kind of like a, a pretty big Daph. Yeah, like, Man, Beitzah is kind of like Masech the Shabbos. I don't know, like big dafs, a lot of content, um, you know, not not very fast moving. Anyways, so today's daf, we continue with our discussion from yesterday, which was that we were trying to understand how come an egg that's a trefa would not just simply be bottle right? We had a b'risa which says that when you have a sofeq regarding um, this Beitzah shenolda B'yomtev, so... We say that the suffik is Osser. Now, while this could make sense according to Raba, who says that we're talking about Nisr to of Hachanu, but according to Rav Yosef, according to Rabbi Yitzchak, who say that it's a dinder abonon about um, whether it's peris or whether it's mashkin um, shizavu. Um, um, if we're talking about a dinder abonon, so suffik to should be the coolest, So why would it be aser? Um, so we want to say that it's, according to Rav Yosef, according to let's say it's talking about uh, the suffix that we're talking about has nothing to do with um, has nothing to do with uh, it's talking about a treifa, that if we're not sure if this egg came from a chicken, that's a treifa or not. Um, in which case, uh, that's why, so it's a suffolk to Risa, in which case it's also Then the question becomes, and well, then the Bryce had also said that if it gets mixed into a thousand other eggs, that's not Batal. It's not Batal. The question is, why is it not Batal Berov? So then we got into the machlokas uh, between Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Rabbi Yochanan uh, says, right, that meaning, because in order for it to not be Batal Berov, like the Bryce is saying, it would have to be significant, it would have to be Chosu, right? And um... So the question is, how do we determine chashivos, the significance of an egg? So there's two ways to understand it. You have the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan, who says that for something to be considered significant, so then, um, for something to be considered significant, it has to be something that is exclusively sold by specific numbers. But um, if it's not something that's exclusively sold by, 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 by specific numbers, then it's not considered significant. Now an egg, while often it's sold in particular numbers, you know exactly how many eggs you're buying, 12 eggs or whatever it is. Um you could theoretically also sell it in another way, let's say by weight or something like that. So it wouldn't necessarily be considered significant. According to Rish Lakish though, uh, he says cold overship in right? And um, anything that even if it's sometimes sold in, in particular numbers it would be considered significant. So according to Rish Lakish you can understand that you can explain that an egg is considered significant because it's something that is sold in numbers, even if not exclusively sold in numbers, but it is something that's sold in numbers. Therefore, it's significant. So I can understand why we could say that we're talking about a a treifa and therefore a suffolk, if it comes from a treif, chicken or not, is going to be oser and also will not be bottle even in a thousand eggs because um, it's considered significant because it's something that at least sometimes is sold by a specific number. The question was, according to the way that Rabbi Yochanan understands, um, which is that it has to be exclusively sold in numbers in order for it to be considered significant. Well, then, why? So an egg is not significant then because it's not exclusively sold in numbers, and therefore it should be bought to Barof. So why isn't it bought to Barof? So, wow, that was kind of a long-winded way to say that we're going to start off by trying to answer that question. Okay, I have a little coffee companion today. Um, and then we move on to what happens when Shabbos goes into Yomtif, Tif. Yom goes into Shabbos. Okay, fine. And then at the end, we get into Yomtiv Shani Shalgali's, right? What happens that nowadays when there are two days of Yomtiv, but how do we treat, is it, do we have two days of Yomtiv because it's a suffix? Do we have two days of Yomtiv because it's Dinder and that it's considered like one long day? So we can get into those Nafkaminas also. So as I said, you know, it's been several minutes already and we haven't even started the Da. So it's a dense Da today. There's a lot of over here, but it's a lot of good stuff. So I hope that you'll enjoy it. So, um, so as I gave in that sort of lengthy introduction, we're trying to answer that if you're Reb Yochanan and you say that in order for something to be considered significant, it has to be something that's exclusively sold in numbers, um, uh, that is not the case by an egg. So an egg would not then consider be, you know, fit the significance bill. So then why don't we just say that it's berov when there are a thousand of these eggs, that might be a trefa? Mm. Well, when there's one egg that might be a trefa, but it's among a thousand other eggs. So Omra puppe i Tana Tana de It says to a puppet that well, the author of the Brysa, who is saying that an egg would be considered significant and therefore not bottle berov is the following Tana in the context of um basically like fig cakes right you take figs, you dry them out, you stuff them together into these like dense fig cakes, so we're gonna see that there's a certain Tana there who would be able. To be the Tana of the Braisa that says that eggs are not bottled even, th- even in a thousand eggs. Let's see. That, um, fine. That he says any Davish Minyan, Kilu, something that even isn't, even if it's not exclusively sold in numbers, but it's, you know, able to be sold in numbers. So then it's, um, even when it comes to Dinim Dirabonon, it would not be bottled. And certainly, if there are ices like this, like, a, like an egg that might be a trefa, it's not going to be bottle. The tonight is, we learn in the mission, of litra is shadar salpi eagle. Okay? So, if you have a litra of these um, um, sort of like fig cake thingies, so basically, you would take like a bunch of figs, dry them out, squeeze them all together real tight to create these like, um, you know, pack them in to create these like fig cake type things. So, shadar salpi eagle. Now, there was this vessel that was called an eagle. I guess some kind of a round thing that you would stuff all the figs into it to make these figs cakes. These these fig cakes. So, if you have, um, figs and they're truma, that's an, that's sort of the, a, a crucial point, uh, you know, detail here, is that these, these figs are truma figs. Um, and, you know, truma, of course, can only be eaten by Kohanim. So, so if you have these figs and they're truma and they're stuffed into one of these eagle, um, Kalim thingies a eagle but there's a lot of these eagle thingies and he doesn't know which one is the Truma one you got a whole bunch of them most of them are not Truma they're hulin but one of these eagle devices has a bunch of figs that are Truma in them now what do you do they're all mixed together all these eagle thingies So a eagle he doesn't know which eagle thing has the Truma figs and which has the which has hulin figs Al Or he put, he stuffed these figs into the top of a um, barrel and he doesn't know which barrel it is. Al venu choves beiz a darsa Or he put it on the opening to a um, basket, but he's not sure which basket it is. So Now in all these cases, he basically stuffed the figs into the top of the, let's use a barrel, I feel like the, the barrel example is probably the easiest one to visualize. You have a whole big barrel Now, most of the barrel is stuffed with figs that are not truma. They're Hulin. But on the top of it, on the top of one of the barrels, he's got a whole bunch of barrels. And, you know, most of them are entirely Hulin. In one of the barrels, it's almost entirely Hulin. But at the top, the top layer, he kind of stuffed in these figs. And now, so basically, he's got a whole bunch of barrels. In one of the barrels on the top layer, in the top section, there are a bunch of truma figs packed in. And he doesn't know which barrel it is. Omer, so it says Rav Meir. Omer, so we'll read that again. But basically, we have a machlokas between Rav and Rabbi Yehuda about how to understand the machlokas between Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Liazar. So basically, there's a machlokas between Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Lieser, But Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda have different versions, different takes on what exactly the machlokas between Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Lieser is. So again, Rabbi Meir, Umar, so it says Rabbi Meir, the following is the machlokas between Rabbi Yushua and Rabbi Yeshua. That Rabbi Omar says Rabbi Ronis elyonis prudis malis elyonis. Basically, says Rabbi you could just view it all like one big mixture that you know you have a, a several barrels and each barrel right you know most of the barrels are entirely Hulin. there's one barrel that's mostly Hulin, but the top of it has some truma figs stuffed in it says look you know when it comes to truma when truma gets mixed together with Hulin, it's what's called meduma. it's a mixture of truma and Hulin. if there are a hundred parts of chulin and one part of truma, so then the mixture become right, the, right, the truma can become bottle um, in in that mixture. So 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 the question is, how do we calculate the hundred parts? So says Rabbi you can actually treat the entire barrel. So each barrel, so of all the barrels, most of them are entirely chulin, and even in the one barrel that has the truma figs on top. The rest, they're at the bottom of the barrel. The rest of the barrel is going to be Hulin. So, if among all the barrels, in the entirety of the barrels, there are a hundred parts of Hulin to one part of this truma, so then, so then, so then, um, the, um, and as long as there are a hundred parts of Hulin among all the barrels and everything, a hundred parts more than the uh, truma, so then the truma will be bottle, will be nullified. Okay, fine. So again, so Rebeleza or says the Zero and Salionos review the tops. Kilo and Prudos as if they're separate, but tartonos Alyonus, and the and the bottom parts can now join together with all the top parts and everything kind of comes together to create one big mixture of figs. And um as long as the truma, there's only one part of truma to at least a hundred parts of Hulin, the truma can be bottle and um and and that is that. Rabbi Yisrael Amir says Rabbi Rabbi Look, if there are essentially a hundred barrels, and therefore, well, really a hundred one barrels. So if you have a hundred barrels of chulin, i.e., the tops of all the hundred barrels are chulin, and then there's one barrel where the top is Truman, you're just not sure which barrel it is. So yalu. So in that case, you could say that the hundred Truma barrels, the hundred chulin barrels, will uh, be mivato the one. Truma barrel Vimlah pumin asurin Vashulay mutaran But If there aren't A hundred barrels Of Khulin So Then I'm sorry The tops of the barrels Are all going to be also. Oh, you have to treat them As if they're Truma um, But the, the bottoms Of the barrels Because we know that The truma is specifically At the top of one of the barrels So the, the rest of the barrels Though You would be able to eat Because you know that That's certainly Khulin but the tops would all be off limits because you don't have a hundred tops of chulin to one top of Trumo. Fine, Rabbi Yudomer. So, so, so that was Rabbi Meir's take on the machlokas between Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua. That Rabbi Yezer says that you could basically, um, you know, treat all of the figs together—the tops, the bottoms, all of them together—if there are a hundred parts. Of Chulin and one part of truma the truma is bottle. Rabbi Yeshua says no, you can't be quite that lenient rather You can only take into account the tops of the barrels if there are basically a hundred barrels and therefore a hundred Well 101 barrels and a hundred tops of them are hulin and one of them is truma So then the truma could be bottled. but if you don't have 101 barrels, so then All of the tops will be you have to treat as truma. They're off limits But the bottoms where which you know is hulin um, would be permitted fine Rabbi Yehuda Almer says Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Lehezer Almer says Rabbi Lehezer Basically, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Liezer's opinion is the same as Rabbi Yeshua's opinion according to Rabbi Meir which is that if you have hundred and one barrels and therefore you have a hundred tops that are khulin and one top that is truma, so then the truma could be bato but if you don't have hundred and one barrels well then all the tops are off limits because you have to treat them as chuma, but the bottoms uh, are are all acceptable because you know that the chuma is dafka at the top. Fine. Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yeshua, And this is how to explain the egg. That says Rabbi Yeshua, according to Rabbi Yehuda, even if there are 300 of these barrels. It doesn't matter. The Rabbi Yeshua says. Kilu, all you need technically is 100 parts chulen to one part truma. But it says Rabbi Yeshua. According to Rabbi Yehuda, That even if you have 300 barrels. And interestingly we've seen a number of times. That whenever the Gemara says 300. It means an exaggeration. Meaning a lot of them. Any number of them. Even if you have a lot of. Um, you know. More than 100 to one ratio. Still. The one top of truma. Is not going to be bottle because it's an individual thing that can be sold individually. So what do we see? So we see that according to Rabbi Yeshua, according to Yudah, when you have something that can be sold individually, such as this this like fig cake thing, it will not be bottle. And this is by Adin De What makes this the, the what, what what makes truma over here Dirabanan? Because mid the truma is only by by grain. Wine and oil, grain, grapes, and olives. Everything else is only Trumadirbanon. And therefore, here we have something that can be sold individually, this fig cake thing, and it's by dinderbanon, Trumabanon by by figs. And yet we're saying that this one thing that can be sold individually is of enough that it's never going to be bottle. So memeile, when it comes to an egg that is a subject to rice, then maybe it's taka uh, a a trefa, we don't know. It might be a trefa, it's a suffix de orisa. Since it's something that could be sold individually, it's not going to be bottle, and that is going to be so. So, Rabbi Yeshua, according to Rabbi Yehuda, is going to be the opinion in that Brysa that says that this egg, um, even if it gets mixed together, so we're talking about an egg that is a suffix trefa, and even if it gets mixed together with a thousand other eggs. It will not. It, you know, it will not be bottle and all of the eggs are going to be off limits. Darso be eagle is the eagle. de So now the Gemara says, if you um, put the figs into one of these eagles, one of these fig cake making uh, devices, and you don't know which one you put it in, everyone agrees that it'll become bottle. The Gemara says, what do you mean everybody agrees it will be bottled? Like, what does that mean? Didn't we just have like a big, complicated machlokas about this stuff? This is what it means. What it means is that if you put these figs of truma into this eagle device, but you don't know where exactly in the device they are. So in that case, everyone says that, well then, in this case, you don't know exactly where in this device these figs are, so then you could... You know, it's considered mixed in with the entire device, and now all of a sudden, the entire device can be taken into account to figure out whether you have the hundred parts to the one part or not. And you don't know exactly, you know, where the truma is. So it's not like something that's going to be sold individually because you don't even know where it is. So therefore, it can be bottle if you have hundred parts chul into one part truma. Ravashi Yomar says, Ravashi Leolim um, Sofik Yomtiv Safik Kho. says. Okay. Says Ravashi, going back to our original question. What was our original question? Our original question was that we have this b'raisa that, right, that we've just been discussing. That in this b'raisa it says that if you have a suffix right? We're talking about Beitsa Shinalda B'yomtiv. And if it's a suffolk, then it's Osr. And the question, what, is it, what does it mean if it's a suffix that it's Osr? So if we're saying if it's a suffolk, whether it was born on Yomtiv or whether it was born during the week, well then, if you're Reb Yosef or Rab Yitzchak, that says that it's only Asrami Abanon out of a concern of um, of uh, um, um, what was it called the the Perus? What, what was what what were those called? Perus um, Hanoshrin, or because Mashkin Shazavu. Which is only Dindar derabanan. Well, if that's the case, that they're only also in the first place, even when they're born on Mamish and Yomtif, me Dindar anyways. So now if it's a suffix, whether it was born on Yomtif or whether it was born during the week, it should be Mutter. Why, why is the person saying that it's also so we? So, so, so we wanted to say, well, it's talking about, you can answer for Rav Yosef and Mbitzchah it's talking about a Trefa. Therefore, it's actually a suffix de says Rav Ashi that you can actually say that the suffix is maybe it was born on Yomtif. Maybe it was born during the week. We don't know. Well, if that's the case, then isn't it a suffix der Abonon? Shouldn't we say suffix der Abonon, likula, and it should be mutter? So, Amr of Ashi, so, so Rav Ashi, says Rav Ashi, the olum suffix yomtif suffix Chol. No, so really we are talking about, we're not sure if the egg was laid on yomtif or during the week. Well, if that's the case, according to Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi shouldn't it just be a suffix der Abonon? In which case it should be likula, and we should say that it should be mutter. no matirin. Says Sesevashi, yes, but um, this uh, egg is a davashayishlumatirin, right? If you just, even though, yes, it's only a suffix dirabonon, but it's something that if you just wait until the next day, until yomtiv is over, then it's going to be completely mutter. There's no question about it. There's only even a question in the first place for yomtiv. So since it's something that is, you know, could just be completely mutter, you know, the next day, it's a matirin, something that could become mutter, Something that can become mutter. So even if it's a, even if it's, a, if it's only also awesome, nonetheless, we're not going to say lekula over here, since, you know, just wait a little bit and it'll become mutter. And then you can, um, and then, and then you can eat it then. So even by savik dirabanon, by adavisheshil matirin, we're going to be Okay. Now we have another up about an egg that's born on Tiv. Ta'ani a'cherem omen mishum rabbi li'ezer b'yitz ha'tayachol hi Okay. A'cherem, a'cherem is Meir. A'cherem say okay. in the name okay. of Rabbi li'ezer b'yitz teyachul, that an egg that's born on Yom Tiv can be eaten hi The egg can be eaten as well as the mother can also be eaten on Yom Tiv. Fine. From mayaskinon, what are we talking about? Now this is of course going to have to be according to Be'yisham, uh, right? Be'yisham so would say that you're not allowed to eat it. For mayaskinon, il'himu b'tanagolas o'medes l'achilo. Well, if we're talking about a a chicken that's meant to be eaten, so pshita divi'i moshariah. Well, obviously, you know, fine, if you want to say that the egg could be eaten, so just teach me that the egg could be eaten. But obviously, if it's a chicken that could be eaten, that's meant for eating, so obviously you can eat the chicken. The egg might maybe is a chiddish, that you can eat it. But the chicken, obviously you can eat. So rather we're talking about a uh, chicken that's for the eggs, in which case it's muqsa. Well, if that's the case, if it's muqsa, then you shouldn't be allowed to eat the chicken or the eggs. Because you're not planning to eat it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an egg producing chicken. The egg didn't exist before Yomtif, it's Nolad, and the chicken itself is, uh, is not meant for eating, so it's muqsa. So, and as Rashi points out, there's holes of muqsa. So what's the deal? What's the deal? Rabbi Yehuda is saying that if you have an egg that's laid on Yom Tif, you're allowed to eat it and its mother. The question is, if it's talking about a, 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 a chicken that's meant for eating, well, then obviously you can eat the mother. Why do we have to teach you you can eat the mother? And if it's a egg that's, if it's a chicken that's for eggs, so then the chicken, you know, both the chicken and the egg are so You shouldn't be allowed to use it. So, Amar Yehuda, agav ime. What it means is that you can eat it based on the mother. What does that mean? Hey, chidami. Abaye says, Abaye, Kigon shalak chostam. Well, let's say you purchase a chicken without any particular intention. You purchase a chicken um, without specifying whether you want it for the eggs or whether you want it for the... to eat it. So in that case, what's its status? So Nishkita. Well, if you end up slaughtering it, well then clearly you had intention to be eating it. And if you have intention to be eating it as food, so then you can eat the eggs as well. And if you don't slaughter it, well then, well then clearly your intention is not to be eating it, it's rather to be, um, getting eggs. And therefore that, and therefore would be, uh, you would not be allowed to eat the egg so 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 that so That, that that's what a is saying is that right when it says that you can eat the egg and its mother it means that based on the mother you can or cannot eat the egg if you end up slaughtering the mother the mamele it's for food and you can eat the egg if you don't slaughter the mother so the it's for eggs in which case it's moksa of mari says of mari guzma katani says of mari no really we're talking about a chicken that is for eating well if it's a chicken for eating Fine, so maybe there's a Khiddush that I can eat the egg. But why do I have to teach me that I can eat the chicken? Obviously, I can eat the chicken. I bought the chicken to eat it. So it says of Mari, Guzma Katani. It's an exaggeration. We didn't need to teach that you can eat the mother. Obviously, you can eat the mother. The, the Bryce was just getting carried away and exaggerated. And, you know, it said something that we already knew. But, you know, to sort of for emphasis, it said not only can you eat the egg, you can even eat the mother. The Tanya is we learn in the Brisa. Second, a cup of coffee. The Tanya is we learn in the Brisa. Achirim, Orim, say Achirim, Mishum Rabiel Yezzer, in the name of Rabbi Yezzer, Beitzah Teochol Heve <inaudible> Imo. You can eat the egg as well as the mother, Ve'efroach <inaudible> Ve'klipaso as well as a chick and its shell. My kliposo. What do you mean that you're going to eat the shell? Yelam Klipa mama. and Shklipa Basachilei. What do you mean? If you're gonna tell me that we're saying they can eat the shell, why would you eat a chicken, uh, an eggshell? Ella Rather, maybe let's say it means that you can eat a chicken in a shell. Meaning, if you have a a, a chick that has not yet come out of the shell, and we're saying that you can eat that chick. But that's not true. There's a machlokas between the Chachamim and Rebbe Lezeb and Yaakov with regard to a chick that is born, that is hatched, but it hasn't yet opened its eyes. Can you eat it? Rebbe Lezeb and Yaakov says no. The Chachamim say yes. But that machlokas is only specifically once the chick has hatched. But where the, the chick has not yet hatched, everyone agrees that you would not be allowed to eat it. So therefore... What's the deal when the Bryce says that you're allowed to eat a chick and its shell? Why would it say you're allowed to eat the shell? It's not saying a chick in its shell because you're not allowed to eat a chick in its shell. Meaning a chick that's still in its shell. You wouldn't be able to open up the shell and eat it. So, so it must be talking about a chick that's hatched. And we're saying that you're not allowed to eat the shell. Obviously, you're not allowed to eat the shell. Who eats shells? Right. So not that you're not allowed to eat, but just like who eats shells? So Ella... Rather, what's the deal with the shell? It's an exaggeration. I don't know. The price is getting carried away. Right? right? Um, you're not allowed to eat. Uh, so, so, meaning you're allowed to eat a chick as well as its shell. I don't know what that means. It's some kind of exaggeration of sorts. So, therefore, also when it says that you're allowed to eat the egg and its mother doesn't need to teach that you could eat the mother. We know you can eat the mother, but the price the seems to be getting carried away. And it's saying not only the egg, but also the mother. All right, sounds very nice to me. Itmar, it was stated. Now, all right, this next piece of Gemara is a shtickle funny, but, but well, we're going to work through it. There's a little bit of logic here that Teisvis asked the Kasha, that it's not. Uh, you can ask some kashas on it, but let's see. Let's go weiter. Itmar, was stated Shabbos v'yomtiv. Okay, so you have Shabbos, and right after Shabbos is Yomtiv. Okay. Rav, amernod, boz, asur, Says Rav, if you have, so we have Shabbos followed by Yomtif. So if you have an egg that was laid on Shabbos, you're not allowed to eat it the next day on Yomtif. Whereas Yochanan says, if you have an egg that was hatched, that was laid on Shabbos, you are allowed to eat it the next day on Yomtif. That's Yochanan's opinion. Sounds very nice. Rav says that an egg that is laid on Shabbos, you're not allowed to eat on Yom Tif, that's the next day. Rabbi Yochanan says that an egg that's laid on Shabbos, you are allowed to eat the next day on Yom Tov. Fine. Name Rav, Kedusha Achasi. So let's say, why does Rav say that you're not allowed to eat the egg that was laid on Shabbos the next day on Yom Tif? Because it's all one Kedusha. It's all one holiness. There's no interruption of holiness. There's a holiness that starts at Friday night. When Shabbos begins and it doesn't end until Motzay Yom Tov on Sunday night, it's all one holiness, and therefore this egg that was laid on Shabbos has the same exact status until the end of Yom Tov on Sunday night. But that's not true. The Amrav, the Alachukarbas Zakenim, the Liber David LeEzer, the Amr, the Amr, Shtei Kedusha saying. Let's read that again. But Rav says that the Alachukarbas Zakenim, that the Alach is like the four elders, the Liber David LeEzer, the Korn the Amr who says Shtei Kedusha saying that it's not one long kedusha. One long holiness. It's two separate holinesses, and therefore, I guess if we want to say, if Shabbat we treat Shabbos and Yom as two separate holinesses, and therefore, so they're two distinct days. And an egg that was born on Shabbos, so you can't eat it on Shabbos, but I can eat it the next day on Yom So Ella, here we seem to somehow be the machlokas between Rab. And Rab Yochanan is about Achonah So both Rav and Rab Yochanan agree that we're talking about two separate kedushos, two separate holinesses. Okay, but the question is somehow it's related to the Achonah derabba. That Rabbah's whole thing about any chick, any egg that was laid today was really ready and prepared the day before. And there, and Achonah is midoraisa. We're talking about a, a you know an issue midoraisa over here. And Rav, de, right? Where are we? Rav isle Achonah derabba. That Rav holds of Achonah of Rabbah and for some reason that makes it Osr Rabbi Yochanan leis de Rabbah and Rabbi Yochanan doesn't all of Achana of Rabba and therefore it's permitted now as Tosvis asks uh, what does le'achonah of Raba have to do with anything what do they say what does this have to do with the price of tea in China that's like a thing right what does this have to do with the price of tea in China I don't know Tosfus gives some answers but it's a better kasha than answer I think um, friends what does that have to do with le'achonah I don't know Hachana, what, what's Hachana of Rabbah? Hachana of Rabbah is that when uh, an egg is born on Sunday, we have to be concerned that, well, if it's late on Sunday, so then the, the Achana was complete on Shabbos. Over here, if it was laid on Shabbos, we're saying it's late on Shabbos, which means, according to Rabbah, the Achana would have been on Erev Shabbos. So what's the problem? So, anyways, Tossus gives some kind of answer that if it's laid today, then Memele part of the Achana was also today. Uh, the question's better than the answer, I think. Anyways, so... Okay, we want to say somehow. Rav says that it's also because that's to do with Achonah of Rav. Fine. Um, where am I? The Ravah Kavivuki Ravisle Achonah the Ravah Rabbi Yochanan Leisle Achonah the Ravah Ketanoi like a machlokas tanoi. No, the b'Shabbes teyachu b'Yomtiv. If you have an egg that was laid on Shabbos, it can be eaten on Yomtiv. B'Yomtiv teyachu b'Shabbes. If you have an egg that was laid on Yomtiv, it's allowed to be eaten on Shabbos. Rabbi Udom says Rabbi Udom Mishum Rabiliyazer. A dayni machlokas. No, it's taka machlokas omim say that say that you can eat it from one day to the other. omim That it would not be allowed to be eaten. Okay, sounds very fun to me. Um, okay, so we have machlokas between Rav and Rabbi Ochanon about if you can eat this egg that was laid on Shabbos. Can you eat it on Yom Tiff, or if it was born on Yom Tiff, can you eat it on Shabbos? And we're going to see soon how we paskin. So Rav Adabar was staying at some fellow. And this fellow had some chickens. And these chickens gave birth to eggs. And these eggs were given laying to on Yomtiv, And the next day was Shabbos. So Yom Tif was on a Friday. And so Shabbos was the next day. And the... Chickens that belong to the Person that Ravada Barahava was staying at I feel like I'm making it a lot more complicated than it is Ravada Barahava was staying at Ruvain's house Okay, Ruvain had chickens The chickens laid eggs on 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 Yomtiv Yomtiv Yom was a Friday Which means the next day was going to be Shabbos He wants to know There are these eggs now Can I cook the eggs Today on Friday on Yomtiv So we can eat them on Shabbos So to Ravada So Ravada Barahava was staying at Ruvain's house Havulay anhbaitsim, yomtiv the and it was Yomtiv on a Friday, and Ruvain's chickens laid eggs, and he wanted to know also the Kameh to bar Hava He came before Ravada Barahava. havule where am I? Also the Kameh Amarle Mao atvinu Atvinu, Hainavinechlun Lamach. So he asks Rabada Hava hey Rabada Hava can I cook these eggs today on yomtiv And then we'll be able to eat them tomorrow on Shabbos. So my diet. So Rav says to is his host, he says, "What makes you think that this should be permitted, Rav Rabbi Yochanan? Is it because we say that in general, when there's machlokas between Rav and Rabbi Yochanan, we pass on the Rabbi Yochanan? And Rabbi Yochanan says that an egg born on Yomtif is allowed, an egg laid on Yomtif is allowed on Shabbos, but Rabbi Yochanan only only says that on, Yom, that on Shabbos the next day you'll be allowed to eat it." But on Yom Tiv itself, it's still going to be Muktzah. What does Rav Yochanan say? Rav says that an egg that's laid on Yom Tiv, you can eat the next day on Shabbos. But only the next day. That day, it's going to be Muktzah. You're not going to be able to cook it today for tomorrow. Tomorrow, if you want to eat it raw, eat it raw. But today, you're not going to be allowed to cook it. It's Muktzah today. And after all, we learn in Tiv. If you have an egg that's born on Shabbos or an egg that's born on Yom Tiv, you can't move this egg not to cover up some kind of jug with it. You ever cover up a jug with an egg? I never thought to do that. you have like a pitcher of water and you want to cover it, so just take an egg and shtup it in to the, the opening. And now that, Oh, wow. What's the deal with lights in, in Israel? They just like explode. They don't like go out on their own. They like explode. I feel like that doesn't really happen in America. Like, in Arthur's show, when these lights had enough, they just explode. Also, these lights, I feel like I just put them in recently. Like, why are they exploding already? Remember when I was sitting in the dark? When was that? That was like at the end of. I feel like that was at the end of Mesechta Yoma, maybe? I can't remember. Probably. What was that? That was like a month or two ago? I feel like lights should last longer than that. But uh half the lights are already out. So anyways, back to using eggs as um as as lids. Lamaisa, try it out. Let us know how it goes. Um so in Tazan also boy Lo this and you can't put it under the the post of a bed in order to um you know even it out, I guess, make it stable. Um so we see that an egg that's born on Yomtiv is going to be, or Shabbos, is going to be Moktzer that day. Rav Papa also was staying at, at, at somebody's house. Some i say somebody came to Rav Papa to ask a kasha. So, okay, so this fellow had some eggs that were laid on Shabbos, and the next day was going to be Yomtiv. So this fellow came before Rav Papa and he says, "Look, Rav Papa, today's Shabbos, tomorrow's Yom Tif. Can I eat these eggs tomorrow on Yom Tif? Rav Papa says, "Look, come back tomorrow." Because Rav would always have a, had a principle. That he would never give a halacha shir after he ate his suda on Yomtif. because at the suda on Yomtif, he'd be drinking wine, and he doesn't want to give any piske halacha to, to 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 say what halacha is to advise people of halacha when he is has had any any amount of wine. He's, he's scared that'll be that'll be drunk. So therefore, a papa said, "Look, I already had my 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 shabbos suda today." Come back tomorrow, you know, and I, and and we could we could discuss it. So then, when this fellow came back to her papa the next day, her papa said, "He says it's a good thing that you came back today because if this was yesterday, after I was already post Shabbos Suda, I would have made a mistake because the Amilakh Rav rab because what it would have told you is that look, in general, when we have mechlokus between Rav and Rabbi Yochanan, Dalach is like Rabbi Yochanan. So therefore, Rav says, Rav had said that an egg born, uh, an egg laid on Shabbos is also on Yom Rab Rav Yochanan says that an egg laid on Shabbos is muter on Yom So I would have told you, lemaise, that well, in general, machloks between Rav and Rav Yochanan, like Yochanan, therefore I would have advised that you would be allowed to eat the egg tomorrow on Yom However. That there are three exceptions where we paskin like Rav rather than Rav Yochanan, And this is one of the three exceptions. We'll get to the other exceptions a little bit later on. Um, but this is one of the three exceptions. And we talk a paskin like Rav. And therefore, you would not be allowed to consume this egg tomorrow on uh, Yom Yomtiv. Let's go weiter. Very nice. If you have um, uh, trees that fell down, you know, wood that fell down from a uh, palm tree in the Maiseh. On Shabbos. Okay. So, if you have, right, so you have a palm tree, some of the wood from the palm tree falls down on Shabbos, the next day is Yomtiv. Can you use this wood the next day on Yomtev, says of Yomtev, no. Also, you would not be allowed to use this one Yomtev for for firewood. And don't say, but, 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 but. Don't say that. Don't say, but, 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 but. But you said that when it comes to an egg, an egg that's born on Shabbos, you're allowed to use on Yom. An egg that's laid on Shabbos, you're allowed to use on Yomtev. So, yeah, I'll say that wood that fell down from a tree on Shabbos, I should be allowed to burn on Yom No. Nope. My time at Beitza, how come an egg that's born on Shabbos you're allowed to use on Yom Tif? Well, because technically there's nothing wrong with consuming an egg on Shabbos. You're allowed to eat eggs on Shabbos. Uh, my mom, she makes egg, egg salad on Shabbos. What do you want me to tell you? You're allowed to eat eggs on, Yom- on Shabbos. What do you want me to tell you? You're allowed to. And yet, we say that when an egg is born on Shabbos, you're not allowed to consume it because it was born that day. But you can consume it the next day on Yom So you're going to say, okay, that's interesting. There's nothing wrong with eating eggs on... I'm allowed to eat eggs on Shabbos. And interestingly when this egg was born on shabbos we say don't eat it today wait till tomorrow it's clear why was i unable to eat it on shabbos because it's mukta because um you know an egg that's born on shabbos is nola it's mukta you can't eat it on shabbos wait till wait till tomorrow tomorrow you can eat it so it's clear i like i get what's going on over here right even though theoretically i should be able to eat eggs on shabbos but this particular egg i can't eat because it was born on shabbos because it's Nolad, okay, it's like clear what's going on over here that, you know, because of Nolad, because it was mukta, I wasn't allowed to eat it on Shabbos. I have to wait till Sunday, till Yomte. But Eitzim, however, what is a different story? Delochaz I can't burn wood on Shabbos. And therefore, isharidu if we say, look, you're not allowed to use this wood on Shabbos, you have to wait till Sunday to use it. Well, I'll say, okay, oh, obviously. So I'll say, yeah, okay, I couldn't use the wood on Shabbos because it's Shabbos. You're not allowed to burn wood on Shabbos. So I have to wait till Sunday. On Sunday, I could use the wood. But I would think that the reason why I was not allowed to use it on Shabbos was only because it was Shabbos and I can't burn wood on Shabbos. But the truth is, it's it, it's more than that, right? Meaning, if we say that you're allowed to use the, the wood that fell from the tree on Sunday, right? Meaning, wood that fell from the tree on Shabbos. says of Yochanan, you're not allowed to use it on Sunday. The question is, why not? After all, you're allowed to eat an egg that was born on Shabbos. You're allowed to eat it on Sunday. We say, yeah, but when it comes to wood, if we allow you to burn this wood that fell from the tree on Sunday, you're going to come to the conclusion that, oh, why was I not allowed to use it yesterday? Because it was Shabbos. I'm not allowed to burn wood on Shabbos. But the truth of the matter is that the reason why you weren't allowed to use the previous day in addition to the fact that it was Shabbos was also because when it falls down from the tree that day, you're not allowed to use it because it's Muktzah. And therefore, I won't realize that if we allow you to use the wood that fell on Shabbos on Sunday, I think the only reason why I wasn't allowed to use it the previous day was because you're not allowed to burn wood on Shabbos. But I might think that inherently, right, let's say the wood would fall down from the tree on Sunday, I would think, oh, I could use it. I wouldn't think that, no, I couldn't use it the day before also because it was no because it fell down from the tree that day. And because we don't want you to draw the wrong conclusion about the wood, we say that wood that fell down from the tree on Shabbos, you're even not allowed to use on Sunday. To make it clear that, you know, uh, wood that falls down from a tree, you're not allowed to use on on Yom Whereas by an egg, we don't really have that concern because just from the fact that we say, don't use it today, use it tomorrow. It's clear that the reason why you're not using it on Shabbos is because of Nolan. Omer of Masna says, If you have trees that fell down from a palm tree, into an oven on yomtiv, Perfect. Bullseye. The, you have an oven under a tree. A branch from the tree falls down Right into your oven You don't have to move it You don't have to do nothing So even though we said a second ago That wood that falls from a tree on un, un, if you're not allowed to use But if a mamash fell right into your oven I mean you don't even have to do anything It's just ready to go So So what you do is You just take wood That you had already set aside in advance So they're not muktza They're already set aside in advance Pile up some wood Bimavatil the wood that fell from the tree, Berov, and now, you can, uh, you, you can, you can just light up your oven and give all the, but one second. But when you kind of have to stoke the coals and stuff, aren't you going to be moving around this mukta wood that fell from the tree? So the Gemara answer is, well, but since you're adding on all this other non-mukta wood, this usable wood, so, you're going to be mevatal, the muqtza wood that fell from the tree. And therefore, it's like the muksa wood doesn't even exist anymore. And therefore, there's no problem. What about the fact that you are intentionally being mevatal, something that's awesome? You're not allowed to, you're meaning, right? Some, some, right if, if, if you have a mixture and the majority is permitted and the minority is, is not allowed, Okay, so we say the minority is botalburo, but you can't intentionally just add on all this permitted wood in order to be mavatil, the other wood, right, the Muqsa wood, if it's not in mivatal and issur You're not allowed to intentionally be mavatil and isr by just stacking on mutter stuff. So that's only by Adin the raisa. By Adin the such as, for example, if you have Truma. And truma gets mixed together, right? As we learned earlier by meduma, when you have a mixture of truma and Hulin, So if there's a hundred parts Hulin to one part truma, so the truma is batul. Now, what if you have 99 parts chulin to one part truma? So we're saying you're not allowed to take one additional part of Hulin and add it on to be Mavatel, the truma. You can't do that intentionally. If Memele, it fell into a mixture, the truma fell into a mixture where there were already a hundred parts of Khulin, So be saidir, it's bottle But... But you can't intentionally be it. But that's only by the oraisa, like truma. But biderabanan. But um, where am I? But if it's biderabanan, like Muksa, it's okay. You could take the non muksa wood, stack it on top, and be mivatil the muksa wood. What about Ravashi who said earlier on the page that anything that called Right? For example, when we add this Beitsa Shinolda according to Rav Yosef and Reb Yitzchak who said that it's only Asur Midraban because of Parisanoshrin or because of Maskin shazavu, and yet we're saying that if we're not sure if it's born on Yomtif or during the week, still it's asir, even though it's a Saf because it's Davashesh and Just wait till after Yomtif, then you can eat it. So it's not gonna be bottled So here also, the this wood, just wait till after Yomtif, it won't be Muksa anymore. So then so 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 we should say that it's not bottle even if you add all this other wood Michael, so what do you say? Well, that is only such as by the um, egg where the egg isn't going anywhere You have one egg mixed together with a thousand other eggs this one egg if you just wait till tomorrow, it be motor. So then we say, just wait, all the eggs are oser until tomorrow, and then all of them are motor. But over here, you're actually burning up the wood. The wood doesn't actually technically exist anymore, so therefore, it would be able to become bottle in such a way. Fine. Itmash ne'om shel golios. Okay, so now we get up to two yomtivs of golios, which is an interesting sugya, right? So up until now, we were discussing when you have Shabbos followed by yomtiv, yomtiv followed by Shabbos, fine. So, of course, there's the halachos of Shabbos and the halachos of Yomtiv. But what about Yomtev She'ni Shel Right? In Chutz in Eretz Yisrael, of course, we keep, you know, one day of Yomtif in, in most cases. Right? So, for example, Pesach, you'll have one day of Yomtif at the beginning of Pesach in Eretz Yisrael. Whereas in Chutz you'll have two days. So, this is what's called Yomtev. She'ni Shel that we add a second day of Yomtif in the exile. Now... Initially, the reason why we added an extra day was for, for for practical reasons, for technical reasons, which is, well, how do you know when, right? Let's say take Pesach as an example. So in order to know, right, Pesach is the 15th day of Nisan. Well, in order to know when the 15th day of Nisan is, you have to know when the first day of Nisan is. And in order to know the first day of Nisan, you have to know when Rosh Chodesh is. And the only way to know Rosh Chodesh is based on the moon in Eretz Yisrael and the Bezdin in Yerushalayim. Or I think even Yavna, wherever the Bezdin was, wherever the Sun Ejim was. So, 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 now if you're far away, how are you going to know what the Bezdin in Eretz Yisrael said for what the first day of Nisan is? So, the answer was, it would take some time and you wouldn't necessarily know before the fifth day, within two weeks. And therefore, there's two possibilities, you know, depending on if other was 30 days or 29 days, the first day of Pesach could be one of two days. So, out of this doubt, out of this suffix, we keep two days of Yomtif. We keep two days of, of, of Yomtif so that Memele, um, you know, we were celebrating Yomtif on the first day of Pesach. You know, on a, you know, one of the days was definitely, so one of the days was technically a weekday. One of the days was, was, was the first day of Pesach. We don't know which one it is, so we celebrate both. Fine. So, that's what's called Yomtif Shel Shalgalios, the second day of Yomtif. Now, the interesting thing is that nowadays, there's a fixed calendar. Right, already you're going to see already in the Gemara. You know, during their days already there was a fixed calendar. Now, when there's a fixed calendar, we know when the first day of Pesach is, and therefore, yet we still keep two days of Yom Tif in right outside outside of Eretz Yisrael. So the question is, why? You know, do we do it because um, okay? So it didn't right there. at this point, basically, the rabbi said that this is what we do outside of Eretz Yisrael. So we keep two days. And it's two days of yomtiv, not out of Suffolk anymore. It's just this is the alocha midravonan outside of Eretz We keep two days of yomtiv, and it's basically like one long day of yomtiv. Or do we say that no? Even now, when, we, when 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 we know, even now when we know when the um, when the calendar is, we're still concerned. What about maybe there's some kind of a you know maybe in the future there could be some kind of situation where we wouldn't know and therefore just you know to to, to we we just keep the minig. That we had initially, even though we technically do know which day is which, in which case we kind of know that one day is actually Yomtif and one day is Chol, right? So, therefore, do we kind of relate to it as both days just being one long day of Yom Tif, in which case, you know, both days have the din of Yomtif? Or do we say that even nowadays when we know the official calendar, and um, you know, we still kind of keep the minig, but technically speaking, one day is, is Yomtif and one day is, is is a weekday. So let's see, Itmar, who was stated. Shnei Yom tovim When it comes to the two days of Yom Tov that we keep outside of Eretz Yisrael, Rav Ravasi asur So Rav says that nowadays when we have Yom Tov sheni So if you have an egg born on the first day of Yom Tov, you're allowed to eat it on the second day of Yom Tov. Whereas Ravasi says no. Even if you have an egg born on the first day of Yomtif, you're not allowed to eat it on the second day of Yomtif. Let's say that Rav Asi says that we view both days of Yomtif as one long holiness that doesn't stop until after the second till after till the night following the second day of Yomtif, right? So you have one holiness that starts at the beginning, you know, the eve of the first day of Yomtif and continues until after the second day of Yom Tif. And therefore, an egg that's born on the first day of Yom Tif is going to be muktzah and continue being Moksa until, right, continue being Asr until after both days of Yom Tif are over. The Asi But one second. But we also know that Rav Asi would taka on, after the first night of Yom Tif, he would make Avdala. Meaning he would keep two days of Yom Tif, but they would be two separate Holiness is two separate Kedushas and you know he's not sure one of them, you know, maybe was uh you know, let's say the first day was let's say the first day was was actually Yom Tif. So he would make he would make Abdullah between the first day and the second day of Yomtiv. No, I'm sorry, that right that um that that, that Rav Asi basically holds that nowadays Mimele we know about the 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 the, the fixed calendar and therefore we know for sure that the first day of Yom Tif was actually Yom Tif, and the second day we're only keeping as a Minig the second day we're only keeping as a Minig but we know that technically speaking the fact of the matter is it's a, it's a weekday so therefore he would make habdalah after the first day of Yom Tif. so on the one hand Rav is saying that an egg born on the first day of Yom Tif, you're not to eat on the second day of Yom Tif which sounds like he's saying that it's all one long Yom Tif, that basically the Chacham said that even though we know about the the, the 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 fixed calendar and that we know that the first day of Yomtiv is the day of Yomtiv and technically speaking the next day is a weekday. But once the Chacham said that this is what we do, that outside of Ayat so we keep two days, well then it's like one long holiness that doesn't end until after the second day. So that's why he's saying that an egg born on the first day, you're not allowed to eat on the second day. Yet at the same time, he's making Abdullah after the first day of Yomtiv because he's saying the fact of the matter is, we know that the first day of Yomtif is, 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 is Yomtif, and the next day is really, we're just keeping it as a Minig. Therefore, he would make havdalah after the first day. So, I don't understand. On the one hand, he's saying that an egg born on the first day, you're not allowed to eat on the second day, implying that it's one long Kedusha. Yet he's also making Abdallah after the first day, implying that it's only, you know, that, 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 that the second day of Yomtif is only as a Minig. But the fact of the matter is, we know that Yomtif is technically over after the first day. So, the Gemara answers Rav Asi actually wasn't sure. He was not sure. So, therefore, he would be machmir in both ways. When it comes to an egg born on the first day, he wouldn't eat it on the second day, he would wait till afterwards. And also, when it comes to Abdullah, he would also make Abdullah after the first day because, you know, technically speaking, that was Yomtiv. Amr Ribzer says Ribzer Kavasid Rav Asi Mistavra. Says Rabzera that it makes sense like Rab Asi that an egg born on the first day you're not allowed to eat on the second day because, because after all, nowadays says Rabzera, we know about the fixed calendar, so we know that the first day of Yomtiv is really Yomtiv, and yet we still keep a second day. What must it be? That the Chachamim said that we keep two days, and this is what we do. And we keep two days, and therefore, an egg born on the first day don't eat it until after the second day because it's all one kedusha. Umra baye, Kavosid the Rav that it, it makes sense to say, like Rav, that an egg born on the first day of Yom if you can eat on the second day of Yom if how come? The Tanan is we learned in a Mishnah Baruch you Masin that initially. Everybody would actually know when Rosh Chodesh was because what they would do is that when Bezdin said Mekudosh Mekudosh when Bezdin would establish Rosh Chodesh they would go on top of the mountaintops with torches and then as you would see the torch you would go up to your mountaintop and uh, and, and light a torch and it was like basically a domino effect until all of the towns and villages knew that ah okay there are torches everyone's lighting torches what, well, you know, okay, today is Rosh Chodesh, and they would know when Rosh Chodesh is, and the Mele, they would know when, you know, Pesach starts, or whatever other Chagim you need to know start. And, um, they would only have to keep one day of, of, Yom because they would know when it is. Mishikilkullah Kusim, what happened was the Kusim at a certain port, at a certain point, started to be Nudniks. And they would go up to the mountaintops, and start lighting torches, and throw everything off, and confuse people. So they said, okay, well, we can't rely upon uh, the torches anymore. It was good while it lasted. But unfortunately, uh, there are people interfering with this. So they said, okay, well, we have no choice but to do it uh, manually. We have to get messengers. We'll send them send them out to all the towns, Paul Revere style. And they'll ride over to every single town. And they'll say, look, this is when Rosh Chodesh was. But that would take time. But that would take time. kusim But you know, in in an ideal world, in a utopian society where there were no kusim, where there were no nudniks, there were no, you know, we could we could we could we could rely upon the purity of 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 the torches that nobody was going to interfere. Well, then we would, you know, snap right back to relying upon the torches. Or veheichad demachu dematuv of khad yoma. Or any place where the messengers arrived and said, even if it was outside of Barat itself, the messengers had already arrived and said, look, this is when Rosh Chodesh was, this is when the festivals are. So in those places, they would only have to keep one day. So what do we see? So what do we see? So therefore, it would make sense to then say that the only reason why we would keep two days ever was only out of Suffolk. And if we would be able to revert to the torch system, where everybody would know quickly when Rosh Chodesh was, we could just rely upon that. Any place where the messengers would, would, would arrive there, they would only have to keep one day. And therefore, nowadays also, the nowadays that we know when the festivals are because we have a fixed calendar, well then, it would make sense to say that we should only have to keep one day because we know. But my time, I and treyome, then how can we keep two days? Because they sent from Dart and from Israel, hold on to the minig of your fathers. Your fathers kept two days out of Suffolk. You also keep two days. Because you never know what could be in the future. Maybe there could be some kind of nudnik um, um, rulers who are going to make a gzeir that you're not allowed to study Torah, and then you know scholarship is going to decline, and people are going to get you know, a little bit fuzzy about which day is Rosh Chodesh. And then, and then you can go, you know, again, it'll be in the same situation where you're not exactly sure which day is Yom Tif, So therefore just hold on to always doing two days. Even nowadays, when you know which day is Yom Tif and which day is actually a weekday, nonetheless, you still hold on to um keeping keeping two days. So we see that according to Rav, we do technically know though which one is Yom Tiv. the first day of Yom Tiv is actually Yomtiv. The second day of Yomtiv is Chol, but we just do it as a minig. And um, so therefore an egg that's born on the on, on the first day of Yom Tiv you can eat on the second day of Yomtiv Khevre. That was Davdal of Masekta Beitzah. Uh, man this is like a real it reminds me of Masekta the Shabbos. These are big dafs, a lot of content, a lot of material over here but real quality, real, real sugars over here. So, Daftal started off today, we were talking about um, how exactly to understand this brysa, Right? We had a brysa that says that if you have a suffix with regard to an egg, it's osir. And we're trying to understand what that means. Because according to Rav and Rabbi I'm sorry, according to Rav Yosef and Rabbi it's only osir, right, an egg born in Yomtef is only osir anyways, midir Right? and Ocean or Mashkin Shazavu. And therefore, if it's a Suffolk, we are When sure Atrophy was born on Yomte for during the week, so it should be permitted. So we wanted to say that, no, that, that, that egg is talking about a, um, Suffolk Trefa, which is actually the Orysa, therefore it's the khumrah. But if it's a Suffolk Trefa, then why does the Brysa then say that if this one egg gets mixed together with a thousand other eggs, it's not Batal? It should be Batal Berov. So we wanted to explain that the reason why it's not Batal is because it's the opinion of Rabbi Yoshua, according to Rabbi Yehuda, who says that when you have um, basically truma, that uh, when you have these figs of truma, which are derabanan, because figs are only midderabanan truma, that gets mixed up with a whole bunch of like other figs, and you know exactly which ones um, they are. So it's something that could be sold as an individual unit, like an egg, and yet we're saying that it is not bottle. Um, it's considered significant and that's by the Reza like Trefa it would be considered significant and wouldn't be bottle. So therefore the author of that Brysa is Rabbi according to Rabbi Yehuda Okay, fine Then we saw the opinion of Ravashi who says that no you can even explain that it's like Rabbi Yosef and Rabbi Yitzchak That it's the Reza but since it's a devastation of Matirin, since it's something that could become uh, You know completely permitted the next day after yomtiv, so therefore uh, it's not going to be uh, bottle even in a thousand other eggs. Um, okay, we then saw this other brysa of acherim that achirim say, a over the ezer, that if you have a egg born on Yomtif, you can eat the egg as well as the um, chicken. The question is, why, why do you have to teach about the chicken? Obviously, you can eat the chicken. If it's a chicken that's for eating, obviously, you can eat it. So we had two explanations. Abai says what it well, Rabzerah says, and then Abai explains that what it means is that. It's talking about where you have a chicken that you bought without any specific intent, whether you're going to eat it or whether you're going to use it for its eggs. So Mamela if you end up checking the chicken, then that means that um, you're, you're it's, it's a food chicken and therefore Mamela you can eat the eggs. If you don't end up checking the chicken, then Mamela it's an egg chicken, in which case you cannot eat the eggs because it's going to be Moksa. Rav Mari says, well, it's just an exaggeration. What the Mishnah, what the Baisa is saying is that you're allowed to eat the eggs and then, you know, you can even eat the chicken, but it's just like an exaggeration. Fine. Then we saw this machlokus between Rav and Rabbi Yochanan about when you have Shabbos followed by Yom Tif, An egg that's born on Shabbos, can you eat it on Yom Tif? Rav says no. Rabbi Yochanan says yes. Okay, fine. Um, we saw that Rabbi Yochanan says that when wood falls down from a tree on Yom Tif, you're not allowed to use it on. Uh, well, on Shabbos, you're not allowed to use it the next day on. Yomtif, even though an egg, Rabbi Yochanan, says you would be allowed to use the next day, but a tree is different because if we allow you to use it on Sunday, you might think that the reason why you weren't allowed to use it the previous day is not because it was muktah, but because um, you're not allowed to burn uh, wood on on, on 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 Shabbos. But um, you won't realize that actually wood that falls down on Yomtif falls down on Shabbos. So Yomtif is itself muktah, and that's why you're not allowed to use it. So therefore, it says Rabbi Yochanan, if wood falls down from a tree on Shabbos, you're not allowed to use it the next day on we then saw the opinion of R- R- Masna that if you have wood that falls out down, mama's right into your oven on yomtif, you're allowed to just add. So even though that wood is muxa, you're allowed to add non-muxa wood to it and be Mavatil it. And then you can, um, um, you know, use that, that oven. And we say even though in general, you're not allowed to intentionally be mevatal um In Isser, but that's when it, we're talking about an Isser de'oreis, by an Isser de'rabanan, such as Muksa, it's okay. And according to Rav Ashi, who says that, uh, that something that's going to become mutter uh, is never bottle. Well, he says that that would be something like an egg that it's, you know, it's not going anywhere. Whereas um this wood is going to get burnt up and therefore it could become uh, bottle. Then we got to an interesting machlokas between Rav and Rav about yomtiv shenishalgaliyos and it's really about you know gets into how do we relate to yomtiv shenishalgaliyos and so Rav says that um an egg that's born on the first day of yomtiv outside of Eretz where we keep two days of yomtiv so you're allowed to you're allowed to eat it on you're allowed to eat it on the second day of yomtiv where says you're not allowed to eat it on the second day of yomtiv and basically it's a question of how do we relate to yomtiv shenishalgaliyos basically according to Rav's approach we refer to yomtiv shenishalgaliyos um Essentially, like nowadays, we know that the first day is actually yomtiv and we just keep the second day as a minig Even though technically speaking, we know that it's a weekday and therefore you're allowed to eat the egg on on, on The second day because technically speaking, it's a it's a weekday But still we do preserve the minig and we keep two days of yomtiv According to Rav Asi who says that an egg born on the first day you're not eating on the second day The, the sefara there would be that well the Chachamim said look even though, yes, initially we started out keeping two days of Yom Tif out of Suffolk, but once the Chacham said that we keep two days of Yom Tiv, that's that. We keep two days of Yom Tov, and therefore it's considered like one long Kedusha, and therefore an egg born on the first day of Yom Tif doesn't become permitted until after the second day of Yom Tif. Um So it's very interesting in terms of how do we relate to Yom Tov Sheni Shel now that we have the fixed calendar. Do we say that, look, we know that the first day is Yom Tov? And therefore, the second day is really just as a minig. But we know that technically speaking, it's not yomtiv. Or do we say, look, the Chacham said that once it becomes yom-tiv, two days of yomtiv, that's what it is. It's two days of yomtiv and that's that. That was Davdal of Masechta Beitzah. I hope you enjoyed it. Cheers.